takes time. Do so after you stopped the activity. George had read Robert Townsend's book, Up the Organization, and listened to his audiobooks that pointed out that some employees just become ineffective. He called them sick employees. When confronted with such, Townsend said, you have to separate them out so they don't harm the good people. It is worth overpaying severance to do so, now as in this very minute of this very hour. On the positive side, George's favorite saying was quoted in crucial conversations from Simply. Never worry about opportunities, worry about recognizing them. Said by Joe Wilson, the legendary founder of Xerox. In fact, Wilson said his purpose in running his father's business, Haloid, was to recognize a great opportunity. He soon learned, as he later said, that he had plenty of those. The question was, did he have the horse sense to recognize the good one or two? Twenty-six companies had passed on xerography before Wilson adopted it. The problem was in imagining how a big, unwieldy physical thing presented to him by inventor Carlson could emerge as a sleek, seamless, cost-effective copier. Wilson could recognize and envision it. Others could not, and passed on the opportunity before it came to Wilson. Wilson's back-of-the-envelope thinking indicated that if it worked, it would be enormous. How enormous? As he later said, it didn't matter. Enormous was good enough. George dealt with his TV and film properties and talent in the same way. He was always on the lookout for a diamond-in-the-rough creator or actor that could become something. They would come in like the big bulky Xerox machine, and he had to figure out whether they could emerge a sleek, seamless, much-loved film or TV actor. His batting average had been good. He signed his people up like ball players, long-term contractors, but with arbitration rights to guarantee they were treated fairly by him. They got fair treatment. He got exclusivity. The surprising thing about this is he learned that frequent arbitrations weren't a bad thing. They were like a gem appraisal. If they were wrong, they learned it. If he was wrong, he learned it. Now, George was very successful, but his problem is he had too many dead bodies in his success group. Yes, he could replace them, and did. And yes, the economic results were solid. But each loss detracted from the genius of these stars, and George had an affection for them all, one of the secrets of his success. Unlike most in the business, or in any business for that matter, George liked and appreciated his people. He had now lost five. That was a lot of accidents. None of the accidents were similar as far as he could ascertain. George loved sports images. They were crisp, clean, and everyone related to them. He sought the cheap star like Tom Brady of the New England Patriots as a late draft choice, but if they proved themselves, George, like the Patriots, was willing to pay the star as long as they could keep him. The NFL union limited rookie contract length. George didn't, 
but he added an arbitration clause. So if they had a quick blowout success, they could get paid fair market value immediately. George always liked to learn from others like that. George also liked the Patriot focus and role players. Red Orbach of the Celtics started it with emphasizing team versus stars, backup players, or the sixth man as they became known. John Havlicek, the famous number six, was probably better known than many starters. When a starter had a bad beginning, Red would replace him quickly with his number six, pep things up, built morale, and let the starter rest and start over. George found some of his best actors and filmmakers were B-types, just like Red did. Those were people he let prosper in limited roles where they felt comfortable and could perform well. George noted that few backup actors...